come kind of uh, talking and sharing and uh, uh, fellowshipping with each other and uh, uh, losing track of time. But it's time to get started. We're glad that you're here. So welcome to everyone. Uh, we hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way as we worship God together this morning. Welcome to our guests especially. We want to let you know that you're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and, and hope God's going to bless you in a very special way and hope that you will feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together today. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and to fill them out and uh, pass them down the row so uh, well, others can fill them, them out as well. Put your name and address and uh, all that pertinent information and check the appropriate box on there. Uh, so we can have a record of your attendance with us today. We would certainly appreciate it if you would do that. Uh, and also, if you would like to receive our email newsletter, it comes out every Thursday. Uh, it's a great way of keeping up with um, uh, the activities and opportunities of worship and fellowship and service here through Community Baptist Church. Be sure to put your email address on there, and uh, we will put you on our list for our email newsletter. A uh, few announcements that we have coming up. On Wednesday, we'll be having our blood drive. Uh, we have that uh, three or four times every year, and uh, it's coming up on Wednesday. And so we invite you to come and be a part of that. We'll be setting up out, out here. And, um, and if you need an appointment to do that, you can see Jika, and she will uh, give you an appointment, make an appointment for you um, uh, to uh, give your blood on Wednesday. It is uh, Wednesday is also Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, and we will be having an Ash Wednesday service here uh, at our church. We probably will be in the choir room. We may be a little crowded in there, but uh, I think um, the, uh, by the time we start that, the, the Red Cross will be breaking down all of their stuff out here in, in this room. So we'll be moving into the choir room probably for our Ash Wednesday service on Wednesday. Tonight, uh, we will be playing volleyball here. I know that we had originally scheduled uh, for a bowling expedition today, but that didn't work out. Uh, but we'll, so we uh, went to Plan B, which is volleyball this evening. So come and enjoy that. And Mary, I think you have some announcements, don't you? The kids know that in a couple of months we'll be going out on the playground a lot. And if you all will look over there at that blue table, that's kind of our little area. And in that plastic container, there's lids. Can you guys show them? Okay. There's all kinds of lids. We need lids, please, to be dumped in that plastic bucket. We need 400 pounds of lids because then we get a nice six-foot, very, very nice bench for our playground. So that's why we are, sell, or we are saving lids, so please help us get our bench for our playground. And then also, this Wednesday, we start at Pleasant Point. We're going to make some new friends at Pleasant Point. Virginia has been working with the kids on two songs we're going to sing for the residents at Pleasant Point. And then also, we're having them a little Valentine party. So if we could have donations of candy or cookies by Wednesday, that would be lovely. And we'll go up and visit our new friends at Pleasant Point. And that's all we have. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mary. A lot of exciting things going on, and I hope that you can, you can plug in as much as you can uh, with the uh, services and the activities here at Community Baptist. 
It's great to be here with God's people, and it's great to share the love of Christ with one another. So let me invite you to do just that. Let's stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Come on down, children. Miss Nora's down here. Got a little children's moment for you. 
I got it. I got it. Thank you. You can you can go sit down, Mr. Hodgson. Thank you. <laughs> All right. How are y'all this morning? Good. Me too. Me too. Um, I want to talk to y'all about some of the wonders that we get to discover because of God and the things that He He uh, prevails to us, shows us. Tell me what this is. Can you see this? Yes. Caterpillar. Well, you see caterpillars in the fall. Uh, squirming around while they're busy they go to a place and hide up and they build themselves do you know what they build around them cocoon that's right they cover themselves up and then they you can't see them they're gone that caterpillar is gone it's all wrapped up and they hang they stay there that whole time do you see him still? Let me make sure I can cut. String? Oh, his. <laughs> I oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm not really good in wrapping him up. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. So while he's in there, what amazing things happen as he turns into it. He, um, you think he's probably asleep and just piddling and doing nothing. And then. As he's in there working really, really hard at that, he uh, he starts to change. Now, when it opens up, it's not a caterpillar anymore. It's a butterfly. You already knew that? You d- y'all are the smartest children I have met in a long time. Half your window you did. But isn't it amazing that something that you saw once as a caterpillar was revealed to us as a beautiful butterfly? You know, it's amazing what God shows us. And when we least expect it, yesterday I was in the beauty shop and there was a a gentleman in there waiting for his wife. Now, they'd been married for 70 years, they said. And he has what uh, a disease in his eyes, and he can't see anymore, but he goes with her wherever they go so he can get out and she drives him. And he had a plaque of butterflies that he had carved and painted. Now, he couldn't see them very well because he has a, a, a blindness in his eyes. He said he's 90% blind. But he, he was showing them to me, and he was really, really proud of it. And he told me what each of them, the name of them were, that he had carved them out of wood and painted them because they looked like they were real. Well, the one I remember was a monarch butterfly. It's, um, it is a one that you see often that is gold and black that you see flying around. But what amazed me by it, that this gentleman was showing something that he had done with his hands long ago that I was getting to enjoy the beauty of. He could see when he did it, but after his eyesight was gone, the beauty of it was still left to be shared with others. And that's what is the way God is with us. The beauty that he shares with us is something that we all see in different ways. He could still tell me what they were, even though he couldn't see them with his eyes, and he shared them with me. So we are amazed each and every day by the beauty of God in all that we see. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for all the big, middle, and small things that you show to us to 
amaze us and have us in awe. Thank you for all that you do for us. We love you. Amen. Please join me in our responsive reading for today about uh, discovering God. The word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there were no frequent visions. In the middle of the night and in the brightness of the day, Be attentive to the voices that call your name. The word has become flesh and dwells among you, full of grace and truth.
morning, read along with me these transforming words from the Old and New Testament today. Starting first with Exodus, chapter 34, verse 29. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with two tablets of the covenant in his hands, Moses did not know that the skin from his face shone because he was, had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining. And Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Reading now from Luke, the New Testament, chapter 9. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw the glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, is it good for us to be here? Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had just said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days they told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the reading of God's word for the people of God.
us pray. Our most wonderful and gracious Heavenly Father, like you made us like the butterflies, help us to transfigure our lives and our talents to use them to your glory and your honor. Much like we do this offering this morning, bless it. In your name we pray. Amen.
Take to
wow. You did it to me again. Why do I have to follow that? <laughs> How can I follow that? Uh, wonderful. Thank you so much uh, for that. Hadn't the music been great today all around? And, and uh, thank you so much for that. Um, we appreciate that wonderful piece, the prayer, beautiful piece, done beautifully. Did you like that? Well, let me tell you something. I want just put, just to plant a seed, put it on the in the back of your mind. Sometime in the spring, we don't have a date set right now, I don't think. But sometime, huh? Oh, we do have a date set. May the fourth, we're going to be having a summer and friends concert here at Community Baptist. So. May 4th, put that on your, on your uh, calendar, and this is kind of a preview of that kind of thing. Thank you. Back in um, 1976, at the invitation of the president of Mexico, uh, Mother Teresa opened a, a, a home in a very poor section of Me- Mexico City. And the sisters who visited in the homes of these very poor people were surprised when Despite all of their poverty, these people did not ask for medicine or food or clothing or anything like that. They only asked, sisters, talk to us about God. Today is the last Sunday in the season of Epiphany. And our theme throughout this season has been discovering God. We've been doing a series of of sermons throughout the season of Epiphany on discovering God. And the scriptures that we've been dealing with throughout this season have indeed shown us many epiphanies during the season. On that first Sunday, we saw the star leading the Magi to, to Bethlehem so that they could see and worship this child who was born King of the Jews. Then on the second Sunday, we had the epiphany of a dove and a voice from heaven saying, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased after his baptism. Then we had the epiphany of God's people as God's bride. And on the fourth Sunday, we had the epiphany of joy, the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And then last Sunday we had an epiphany about the Christian life, that it is all about love. And finally today, we go up onto the mountaintop and discover Christ in all of His glory. We are told that the transfiguration of Christ probably took place on Mount Hermon, which rises to an elevation of 9,166 feet. So this is... This is no slouch of a mountain here. This is a large mountain. It's located in the the area of Caesarea Philippi. And the story begins like this. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto the mountain to pray. Now you may ask, eight days after saying what? Well, this is interesting. It was eight days after Simon Peter had his own kind of epiphany. You may remember that Jesus had asked his disciples who people were saying that he was, and they gave some options. And then Jesus asked them, who, but who do you say that I am? And that's when Simon Peter answered, 
You are God's Messiah. Well, in Luke's version, Jesus immediately warned them not to tell anyone. He said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. This in and of itself was an epiphany. He is telling them that he has to suffer. He has to die and be resurrected. And then this is followed by yet yet another epiphany as to what their life would be like after his resurrection. He said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their crosses every day and follow me. For whoever wants to save their lives will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose their very soul? This is a very important chapter in the Bible where much is revealed. And and in a sense, it's all leading up to this moment of the transfiguration. But let's continue the story. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John with him up onto the mountain to pray. Now, don't you think it's significant that Jesus felt the need from time to time to go off by himself or in the company of a few friends and pray? I think that's highly significant. I mean, after all, he was Jesus. He was Jesus. Surely he was in constant communion with God, and, and yet he felt the need for a time of prayer. Jesus did. So what does that say about how we spend our time? Do you think that we need to spend more time seeking the holiness and the presence of God? Peter's story, an Anglican priest who served in South Africa, tells about Archbishop Desmond Tutu and their fight together against apartheid many years ago. He said that often those who were fighting apartheid would come to Johannesburg and and rent a room for the night where several people would stay. There might be as many as ten people in a room. But one night, Peter says that he was awakened about four in the morning by a shuffling sound. And so he looked up and he saw someone sitting in the corner of the room with a sheet covering him. And it was Desmond Tutu retreating from the world for a few minutes, beginning his day with prayer. And then he said that every month, Desmond Tutu would leave the work against apartheid, and he would go away for two days of silent retreat every month. And so one day Peter decided to confront Tutu about this. He he said, young men and women are dying every day. How can you leave the movement for two days every month? And Tutu answered, I leave and I go on retreat for two days a month so that I can do the work that God called me to do for the other 28. Now, we don't know why Jesus felt the need to go off and spend time in prayer. Maybe it was because his ministry was so draining. And anyone who works with people, anyone who 
works at meeting the needs of people, consoling their heartaches, helping them find healing in a time of distress will understand that. It is draining. And after all, we believe that while here on earth, Jesus was fully human as well as fully God, and human beings need a time to recharge their batteries from time to time. We need to spend some quality time with God to renew our sense of God's presence in our lives. I love something that Billy Graham once wrote. He said, I watched the deckhands on the great ocean liner United States as they docked the ship in New York Harbor. First they threw out a rope to the men on the dock and then inside the boat the great motors went to work and and pulled on the cable. But oddly enough, the pier wasn't being pulled to the ship. Rather, the ship was being pulled to the pier. Prayer, says Graham, is the rope that pulls God and us together. But it doesn't pull God down to us. It pulls us up to God. And then he said, we must learn to say with Christ... The master at the art of praying, not my will, but thy will be done. Maybe that's why Christ spent time in prayer like he did from time to time. Maybe the events of constantly being in the public eye pulled his focus and his energy away from God. And and so he took some time to intentionally be in the presence of God simply as a way of energizing his ministry once again. The story continues. As Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. And then two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with him. They spoke about his departure, which was about to He was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And as they were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then Luke tells us that Simon did not know what he was saying. But while he was speaking, a cloud appeared upon them, around them, and they were afraid. And then a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. And the disciples kept them to to themselves and did not tell anyone at the time what they had seen. My friends, here on the Mount of Transfiguration, I believe we have the highest epiphany of all. We see Christ in all of His glory. We see His appearance changed, both in His his face and His clothing. They were as bright as a flash of lightning. We see Him in the company of the, the two leading lights of the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, the bringer of the law and the challenger of the political powers, the liberator of the oppressed and the one who would rail against the status quo. 
their presence was an endorsement of Christ's ministry. And what they had begun, Christ now was fulfilling. And we hear the voice of God saying, This is my Son. Listen to Him. Let's begin by talking about Christ in all of His glory. Peter has already announced that Jesus is the Messiah. He did that eight days ago. But the other disciples, they may still be on the fence about that. They may not be quite sure about that. So, at least for James and John, this experience up on the mountaintop provided a a confirmation that Peter was right. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. This was God's way of saying that Jesus really was who He said He was. There was no one else who could compare. He really was the Messiah. There's a story about the 18th century sculptor named Johann von Donnecker. And Donnecker was, was known... Uh, in his early works, for carving Greek goddesses as well as a carving of John the Baptist. Later in his life, he would not carve uh, pagan figures anymore because of his experience with Christ. But his finest work was one that he did of Christ. He worked for two years on this sculpture, and when he felt that he had finished it, he called in some, some children who were playing outside of his studio And he asked one of them to look at the sculpture and tell him, who is that? And the little girl replied, that's a great man. Well, Doniger Doniger knew right away that he had failed. He had not captured the essence of Jesus. So he started all over again. And for the next six years, he worked with his chisel to recreate his masterpiece. And when he had finished, he tested his work again by asking a little girl to come in and identify the statue. Who is this, he said. And this time the little girl said, it is Jesus. And thus Doniker declared that his work was done. The sculptor later said that during those six years, Christ revealed himself in a vision, and Doniker had simply transferred that vision to the marble. And he did a magnificent job. It was said that, said by one who was familiar with his work that his betrayal of of Christ's face was so tender and so beautiful that strong men wept as they looked upon it. Well, Peter, James, and John experienced Christ in all of His glory. If there had been any doubt in their minds about who He really was, it would have been dissolved after what they experienced that day. They knew that they were in the presence of the Messiah. They discovered Christ in all of His glory. Epiphany. And then they saw Him in the company of Moses and Elijah. And this is significant. I love the way Barbara Brown Taylor describes it. She says, To him, standing there with Moses and Elijah was like seeing the Mount Rushmore of heaven. (laughs) The lawgiver, the prophet, the Messiah, all wrapped up in such glory that it's a 
It's a wonder the other three could see them at all. You might remember that Moses and Elijah had their own mountaintop experiences. In our lesson from Exodus a few moments ago, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant, he was not aware that his, his face was shining because he had spoken with the Lord. He had been in the presence of God. And when Aaron and the rest of the Israelites saw him, they were afraid. That's how brightly Moses' face was shining. Well, eventually the radiance faded from Moses' face, but, but that's what being in the presence of God did to him. It changed him. We also read about Elijah's experience with God on Mount Horeb in uh, 1 Kings 19. You may remember that Elijah was, was uh, fleeing from the wrath of, King, of Queen Jezebel. And he was feeling sorry for himself as he hid in a cave on Mount Horeb. And the Bible describes his experience like this. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind, after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Now the Scriptures don't say that Elijah's face became, uh, began to glow. But it's clear that his life was changed. You see, you can't, you can't come into the presence of God without something important happening in your life. And these disciples saw Jesus' appearance transformed. They saw Him in the presence of Moses and Elijah. And you had better believe that it changed their life to witness this. Then one final thing. They heard the voice of God saying, This is my Son whom I have chosen. Listen to Him. This is why Jesus brought them to the mountain. This was the ultimate epiphany that He wanted them to hear. He was doing the will of His Father. This is my Son. Listen to Him. This is one of the holiest moments in, in all of Scripture. This is epiphany at its best. This is God revealed to the, the disciples in all of His glory. And Jesus is revealed as God's Son. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Have you ever experienced that, that sense of holiness in your life? Have you ever been somewhere where you, you understood the inclination to remove one's shoes because you felt that you were standing on holy ground? I have on a few occasions, not very often. But unfortunately, I think that, that most of the time we are fairly oblivious to the sense of, a sense of holiness that comes from being in the presence of God. 
In fact, I wonder if it's even possible to talk about an experience of, of the holiness and majesty of God in today's world that's so busy. Jesus went off on a mountain with His disciples to pray. Even though He was God's Son, Jesus needed to pray just as you and I need to spend some time each day in prayer. And while He was praying, the appearance of His face changed and His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared with Him in glorious splendor. And then finally a cloud appeared and a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my Son whom I have chosen. Listen to Him. Are you listening to God? Do you sense God's presence in the midst of life? Can you feel God's glory, God's majesty, God's holiness surrounding you even now? The impoverished people of Mexico City did not ask for food or medicine or clothing from the nuns who had come to minister to to them. Instead, they said, Sisters, talk to us about God. Are we as wise as they? Is that the yearning of our hearts as well? Would you truly experience the presence of Christ in all of His glory? Would you do that? Aha! Now that is the epiphany that we all need. Let us sing, number 11, my God, how wonderful you are. Boy, that kind of speaks to what we're trying to say today, doesn't it? How wonderful God is. How holy God is. How resplendent God is. How majestic God is. And you know something? That's... That's what God wants us to experience. We may not have to go up on top of the roof or up on top of the mountain to to experience the presence of God. We can do it right here and right now. But sometimes we put up barriers. Sometimes we put up walls and keep God at a distance. God doesn't want us to do that. God wants us to to open ourselves up. To allow God's Spirit to flow into us and out of us as we minister in God's name. Maybe you've never experienced the holiness of God and you'd like to. Maybe today's a good day for you to make a commitment to Christ and to say, Lord, I hear you calling. And I want to say to you, I'm here to answer.
fill me with your spirit. And I commit my life to follow you from this day forward. If you've never made that commitment to Christ, we invite you to do it today. If you want to join our church today, we invite you to do that today. If you'd like to have a time of prayer, we invite you to come and we will pray as we sing together. My God, how wonderful you are. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, you have reached into the lives of many biblical characters and transformed them. Your work continues today. Some days are awed and humbled in the presence of your work. And some, ta- some days you make a difference in whispers and in small ways. But we pray, O oh God, that you would help us always, always, To be in awe of your power and also of your gentleness. Lead us to truth and to freedom. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.